While others are gathering in, let's turn to some of the old Christmas hymns and carols. Hymn number 81, See in yonder manger low, born for us on earth below, see the Lamb of God appears, promise from eternal years. We'll remain seated while we sing, please. Let's sing our very best in these lovely hymns together. Thank you. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round young virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender. as with gladness men of old did the guiding star behold as with joy 
It healed its light, leading onward. Amen. chorus jesus name above all names beautiful savior glorious lord emmanuel god is with us what a tremendous title was given to the lord jesus christ emmanuel god with us we're going to sing this little chorus we'll sing it through twice uh, jesus name above all sing them through twice the name that is above every other name there's not another name in heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved what a precious name is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we'll get the note and we'll sing that lovely chorus again
opening hymn tonight is a hymn, Wonderful Story of Love. Tell it to me again. Wonderful Story of Love. Wake the immortal stream. We'll get the note and we'll stand together while we sing our opening hymn, please. <clears throat> While we sing, let's sing a very big. again. I'm going to ask our fourth year student, Mr. Greg Gibson, if Greg would make his way to the pulpit, please, and lead us to the throne of grace and prayer. Do remember our brother Greg. I'm sure uh, he would appreciate your prayers. There's always exams at this time of the year, and uh, we do continue to remember him at the throne of grace. I'm going to sing uh, this third verse again. Think about these words. Jesus provides a rest. There's no rest, the Bible says, to the wicked. There's no rest in sin. 
praise God, there's a wonderful rest for those that know and trust the Savior. Think of these words as we sing them, uh, remaining seated, please. seek the Lord. Eternal God and our loving Father in heaven, we just even come still ourselves in thy presence. We come in our Saviour's name. We come in that name that is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that one that Jesus Christ is Lord. We thank thee tonight, Lord, for the opportunity to come and to worship thee in thy house. Even, Lord, as the word of God reminds us, we are to worship thee in spirit and in truth. And we do pray, Lord, as we would offer up our praises and song as the various uh, items would go forth tonight, as the preaching of the word would go forth as well, Lord, that everything will go down to the honour and to the glory of God. We rejoice tonight, Lord, in a work that is finished. But Lord, we do even just lift up, even tonight, the Saviour, Lord. May we exalt thee tonight. May you be seen in all of your fullness. We even just remember afresh tonight thy wonderful coming into this world, Lord, that incarnation where you took upon thyself human flesh yet without sin, and you went all the way to Calvary, Lord, and suffered and bled and died so that sinful man might be saved and reconciled to God. And Lord, we do pray and ask that as we just even rem remember these things tonight and throughout every single day of this year, Lord, and every day of our life, Lord, Lord may our praise and our glory be even acceptable unto thee. We ask, Lord, even that you will just come along and you will undertake in this meeting. We thank thee for another opportunity in the gospel. We do pray for the Reverend Park, Lord, as he would come and as he would handle thy word. What a responsibility he has, Lord, every single time as he comes and as he shares the word of God. We pray that you'll give him help, that you'll even just meet every single need that he has, Lord. And we pray for the young children as well, the boys and girls, and for all who would take part. We think of the various items that have planned, all the efforts that have went in. We pray, Lord, that the boys and girls will do their best and they would glorify thy name through the various items that they would take part in tonight. We think of the Sunday school teachers as well. Think of the choirs, Lord. We think of the youth of this church. We thank thee, Lord, that we're so blessed with young people, young people who love the Lord. And we pray, Lord, as they grow up in this world, Lord, so full of sin, that they would even just shine as lights for thee. We do pray, Lord, for this denomination as a whole. We thank thee for the church and for the standard text, and we pray you'll continue to bless it in future days, Lord, as uh, men and women would even feel the call, Lord, to go into service. We think of the even church here, Lord, and we pray for the young people and the older people as well, Lord. Nobody's too old to serve thee. And we pray, Lord, even tonight, Lord, through the message that is 
even brought forth in some way, Lord, that someone would even feel the call of God, even in their lives, to go through with God by vows to pay. We do ask, Lord, even just that you will remember our missionaries also. We think of those connected with this church, Lord. We thank you that we have so many, Lord, connected with this church who have a missionary focus and who have a love, Lord, to reach the souls of the lost. We pray, Lord, that you will even just continue to, to bless their undertake, Lord, meet every single need. We thank also, Lord, of the school's ministry. We thank thee for it. We thank thee for the opportunity, Lord, to go into the schools and to tell the boys and girls of Jesus Christ who is mighty to save. And we do think of particularly the assembly here this week, Lord, that all plans as they're being made, Lord, will even just marry themselves together. And so, Lord, we just ask now that you will bless us. You'll be with us. And, Lord, we will give, give you all praise, honor, and glory. For it's in Jesus' name we ask those things. Amen. Greg for leading us and the throne of grace and prayer. We're going to sing together again the hymn 82 while shepherds watched their flocks by an idol seated on the ground the angel of the Lord came down and glory shone around. <clears throat> Let's all stand while we sing. Bid you welcome in the Saviour's name. It's good to see all who've come uh, to be with us on this our carol service. Um, we're delighted that you've taken the time to join us tonight, and I trust you'll feel at home in this congregation. And as we have done last Lord's Day and again 
next Lord's Day, these Sunday evening services, we'll have different individuals reading the Word of God. Uh, some will be singing, and our choirs will be taking uh, part. When I came into the pulpit this evening, and I went through uh, what the running order was, uh, I had to make a slight change. And so they always say confession is good for the soul. And uh, Brother Park had down the word of truth to sing, but you're just not ready for that yet. You still need another week uh, in preparation. So uh, the word of truth is not singing tonight. And if you came to hear the word of truth and you're disappointed, well, you'll have to come back next Sunday evening. But we have others who are taking part. But first of all, we're going to ask uh, Lewis McConaughey. Lewis is going to come and read to us the Word of God, and he's reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. So if Luke, Lewis even, Lewis is going to read from Luke, isn't that right? Good man. Then after Lewis reads the Word of God, we'll have the Sunday School Choir. So all the wee ones will be able to get up then. But Lewis first of all. And it came to pass in those days that, were, that there were out a, came out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, onto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, and brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Thank you, Lewis. I'll just ask the, the Sunday School Choir now to come and to sing. And while they're coming, can we just say a word? Just come on ahead. A word of appreciation to our superintendent and to our teachers. We should never take it for granted, all the work that goes in through the year uh, to present the gospel to the boys and girls. And we're always delighted to see the many that come to our Sunday school. And may it long be the case. And we're delighted for those that have come tonight to sing, and I'm sure they'll want to see if Granny and Granda or Mummy and Daddy is there. So if they wave, we'll not mind if that happens. Uh, and I'm sure they're probably nervous, but we'll let them get on now and sing. And after they uh, sing, uh, Bethany Fletcher is going to come and read to us the Word of God. Thank you.
Thank you to the boys and girls. If you could see what I was able to see sitting up here, looking down, I could see there's a lot of smiles and there's a lot of mums or dads or family friends who were looking and I think they really enjoyed that. Give them another round of applause because that was very good. Maybe next Sunday night we'll have a Sunday school teacher singing. Then we can look at them as well. <laughs> Bethany is going to come now and read to us the Word of God. Bethany. Luke 2, verses 8 to 14. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you to the children for singing so beautifully. And uh, Mervyn just said to me, it's the announcement, so he's not so keen just to jump up and, and do them. I want to welcome everyone at uh, my words of welcome to what Mervyn has already said. We're delighted to see you. If you're a family member tonight with the children from Sunday school and you don't normally come to the church, we're extra specially delighted to see you. May the Lord bless you as you come tonight. If you're listening in online, we also welcome those on the internet tonight. Refreshments will be served, so there's tea and uh, refreshments, orange juice, whatever, and we want you to have something before you go home. Just a few announcements to make. Tuesday is the Senior Fellowship Christmas Tea at 11 o'clock. And then in the evening, the final round of carol singing going out into the community, and this time to the shut-ins, of our congregation at seven and then back to our home for supper. Wednesday morning is the Christmas service for our school. That's at 10 o'clock and you are invited if you're free. Wednesday night is the church Christmas dinner, 6.30 for seven at the Lodge Hotel. Tonight is the final opportunity to get your name on the list. I think there's about 173 names on the list. I think that's the most we've ever had. And if you're still planning to go, you've got to do that tonight for everything will be confirmed in the morning. Special morning on Thursday as we have the model school and the will of God coming here for their final assembly of the year. That's the 21st of this month. And that's at a quarter to nine in the morning. Uh, it'll save me sending out a text to our committee. If any of the committee members or elders are free at that time just to be here to help with supervision, uh, that would be appreciated. I know they'll bring their teachers and they will have uh, supervision from the school, but if you can be here, that would be good also. In the evening of Thursday, it's the midweek service at eight o'clock. 
And we take something every month particularly to pray for. And this Thursday, it's the children's ministry. Next Lord's Day begins with prayer at 8 o'clock. Sunday school at 10.30, which will take the form of an open Sunday school. The Bible class is at a quarter to 11, and Mervyn is doing this theme, Songs for the Season. And these are hymns associated with the birth of Christ. And he comes to Mary, uh, this next Lord's Day, Mary's music. The worship service at 12 noon, and we bring the final part of the little series, The Family of Jesus, and then Christmas Eve service. And because some children might be going to bed earlier on Christmas Eve, we have brought the service forward to six o'clock. And again, various ones will take part next Sunday night. We invite you all to come back again. It'd be lovely to see everyone that's here back next Sunday night. And supper will have light refreshments, mince pies and shortbread, very seasonal. And if the ladies can bring these things, we thank you. I just want to say personally from uh, my own family to our congregation here that we love so dearly in the Lord that you might have a happy and a blessed Christmas. If you didn't get a Christmas card this morning from the Park family, well then there's one as you leave there tonight. These are all the announcements that I have to make. Mr. Park has wished everyone else a happy Christmas. Can I take this opportunity on behalf of the session, committee and congregation to wish Reverend Park and Mrs. Park and his family a very blessed Christmas and a happy new year. We know that we love him and the Lord and we continue to pray that the Lord will bless their ministry here in this congregation. I'm going to ask Rebecca, this is Rebecca Park, to come now and to sing to us, please. And after Rebecca ministers in song, Arthur Newell will come and read to us Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 15 to 20. Thank you.
Thank you, Rebecca, for those lovely messages and so we'll ask Arthur to come um, to read God's Word. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, 
The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Arthur, for reading that portion of the Word of God to us, that verse is lovely, verse in the Scriptures, that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. What must have gone through the heart of Mary as she was told that she would bring into this world one who is the Savior, the one who is the Creator, the one who is the Sustainer of all things. And oh, that tonight we might ponder, we might wonder, we might consider those things even that we've heard in song, that we've heard in the reading of God's Word. We thank all who've taken part. Thank you for, especially for the boys and girls out of the Sunday school. Maybe not normally up as late on a Sunday night, but uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for uh, the parents who have made the effort to have them here. It is much appreciated. And on behalf of the superintendent, we thank you sincerely for all your work. We're going to have our evening tithe uh, and offering lifted, and during the lifting of our offering, we remain seated, and we're going to sing a hymn that has become a very uh, popular or very loved hymn, maybe a better word. It's, My Lord has garments so wondrous fine, and myrrh their texture fills. Its fragrance reaches to this heart of mine, with joy my being fills. And then the chorus says this, Out of the ivory palaces, into a world of woe, only his great eternal love made my Savior go. Because the Savior loved you and I, that he came into this world. Think of these uh, words as we sing them, remaining seated by the evening tithe and offering is lifted, please.
delighted to have the Hebron Choir with us again tonight. In the week that's just passed, the Hebron Choir had their dinner, and there was a lot of talent on display. And it wasn't just all singing uh, talent, there was a wee bit of acting talent was on display, but they're here tonight. If you want to know what that acting was, well, you'll have to ask the choir members <laughs> after the service tonight. But we're going to ask the choir to come now, <clears throat> the Hebron Choir, and uh, just come on ahead. You know, they're shy. Uh, as was done in the week past, we want to do it again publicly. We want to say a word of appreciation to Sylvia and to Diane and to the choir members and for all the work, all the effort, all the time, all the practice that they put in. We enjoyed their ministry last Lord's Day evening and we're looking forward to them coming now to sing. And after the Hebron choir sings, the Reverend Park will come, read the word of God and bring the message to us, please. The Hebron choir.
just as the choir takes their, their seats tonight, can I thank you also for participating and everyone else who has sung or read God's Word tonight. Thank you sincerely. These are not just words, but we really mean that from our hearts. We appreciate the music and the ministry here in Hebron. And it's just so lovely to see the children and the children sang so beautifully earlier. Thank you to the children of our Sunday school. And as you can look down and see some of them with little things on their head, we can say that they're wee deers, aren't they? They definitely are little deers tonight. I'm especially glad to see Eamon. Eamon, you've been in hospital and uh, you have been on well, and yet you're here tonight and you've made an effort to do that. May the Lord bless you and strengthen you in these days. Um, may all things go well with you. And somebody told me, I can see the lights on down there now, Peter and Lucy are in the cry room. I don't know whether they're crying, but uh, they're in the cry room tonight. Welcome in the Savior's precious name. Now, I have just one verse of Scripture that I want to leave with you tonight, and it is John 1, verse 14. <coughs> John 1, verse 14. And the opening part of that verse is what I want to speak on just for a little time tonight. And it says, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now, we have been emphasizing that Christmas is a season to remember, especially when we're thinking about the coming of the Son of God into the world. And so often we will read those passages of Scripture that deals with the conception and the birth of Christ, and the children have read tonight, and we thank you for that. And we will also uh, sing the carols that remind us of the one that came from the heights of glory into this world. And we pause to remember this marvelous event. And we preach on something that's relevant. See, it's Spurgeon. He, he felt it was always a good time of the year to set before the congregation, the incarnation, that Jesus Christ came into the world. Now, the Apostle John, in his gospel, he, he teaches some of the most vital and wonderful doctrines that we have in the Bible about the Lord, good old-fashioned, straightforward theology, we might say. And in the opening verses of the Gospel of John, he deals with some of the fundamental truths about Christ. And we're not to lose sight of these things, and we'll deal with some of them tonight, but we have the eternality of Christ, we have the deity of Christ, we have the authority of Christ, how He spoke this world into existence, and we have the humanity of Christ as we come to verse 14. Here is Emmanuel, and the word means God with us, the eternal word who coexisted with the Father, equal in power and glory, the creator of all things and the promised Savior. He becomes man, and he dwells among mankind. I cannot conceive any greater happening than this. There's no greater history, there's no greater event than what John is dealing with here in the Incarnation. Nothing could be deemed more glorious or miraculous than what John expresses, the Word being made flesh, God becoming man, deity joining with our humanity, Christ coming into the world as the God-man. 
Now, when God becomes man and he leaves the, the heights of celestial glory and he humbles himself to take upon him a human body so that he might dwell with men on earth, there must have been some mighty purpose in view. And so there was. And that was our salvation. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Bible reminds us that he was made of a woman, made under the law, so that he might redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. The Son of God becomes the Son of Man so that the sons of men might become the sons of God. You want to think about that. It's, it's a tremendous statement. And so I'm going to deal with the incarnation in this little phrase tonight. Just simply set some great truths in the closing part of this service before you as we think of the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The first thing is His deity. The Bible speaks here about the Word. It's a great title that is given to Christ, and this title is used almost exclusively by the Apostle John in his writings to refer to that blessed third person of the Trinity. John chapter, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 1, uh, and I'll give you the references. You can look them up uh, for yourself for sake of time. Chapter 5 and verse 7, and then away over in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, chapter 19, verse 13, all referring to the fact that Jesus is the Word. Who is the Word? We'll look at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was there in the beginning. That simply points to His eternal existence. He was there before all time. Creation was from the beginning of the world. Man was from the beginning of the world. All created life was from the beginning of the world. The sun, the moon, the stars, and all created beings. All that we know, all that we see around us from the beginning of the world. But the Word was in the beginning. The Word was already existing, in other words, in the great eternity. Eternity is usually expressed as being before the foundation of the world. When the world was made, when the world was called into existence, when the foundations of the world was laid, we speak about before that time. And that just brings us back into eternity, the eternity of God is expressed, for example, in Psalm 90, verse 2, where we are told that He is from everlasting to everlasting. God never had a beginning. He never had an end. He has existed forever. And the Word had a being before the world had a beginning. He was in the beginning. He never began. He was always there. And I want you to see that tonight. Furthermore, He coexisted with the Father. It says the Word was with God. But the Word was not only with God. Note it carefully. It's important. The Word was God. I'm talking here about the deity of Christ, the fact that He was God. When we invite you to Jesus Christ that you might be saved, we are inviting you to God. 
that you might be saved. He is every bit as much God as the Father and the Spirit. Now, with respect to His being, He is a distinct person from the Father, for He was with, he was with God the Father at the beginning. But regarding His essence, it's the same essence as the Father, for He was God, very God of very God, as sometimes we refer to it. And this is what Paul spoke about in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, when he said, he is the express image of his person. He is exactly the same in essence as the Father. Oh, let me say it again to you tonight in this service. Don't miss it. Jesus Christ is God. When we contemplate the incarnation, the babe in the womb, the babe in the manger at Bethlehem, the infant child in the arms of old Simeon, the little toddler in the house when the wise men came to worship. We are speaking about God, the eternal, omnipotent, everlasting, sovereign God. I want to think about that tonight. His deity. But in this verse, we have his humanity because it tells us that he was made flesh or he became flesh. Here is the incarnation. Can we take it in? In truth, no. We haven't got an understanding that is good enough to be able to comprehend and take in this reality. It's beyond our human comprehension that this eternal God should become mortal man or take unto himself the body of a human being and be made in the likeness of men. We just can't take it in with these finite, feeble, frail minds of ours. But by faith, we lay hold upon this truth. We believe it with all of our hearts that this Word, this eternal Word, became man. He was made flesh. Listen to this great statement that we have in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. He took part of the same. That means Jesus took part of the same body, nature, as you and I. He took to himself a human body in order to be the Savior of men. He shared our humanity. He subjected himself to all the miseries and the calamities of this life of mortal flesh. He knew what it was to hunger. He knew what it was to thirst. He knew what it was to be weary. He knew what it was to feel pain, to suffer. He knew what it was to shed blood. He knew what it was to die, to die physically. The word flesh speaks of weakness. And Jesus, who was the all-powerful God, he took upon himself our weakness when he was made in our likeness. Now, we ought to stand back in amazement and awe when we read such a verse as this, the Word was made flesh. The eternal Word became flesh. What humiliation! And why did he do it? 
Why did he become thus? Why did he clothe himself with our flesh, bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh, so that he might have a body in which he could die and die for our sin and bear our sin and shame. Peter tells us that it was in this human body that he, he carried our sin. In other words, the punishment for our sin. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body at the cross on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes he were healed. His deity, his humanity, and then finally his identity. It simply says he dwelt among us. Having taken upon himself the body of a man, he put himself into the place and the condition of other men. The Word might have been made flesh and, and dwelt among the angels, but that would not do. He must reside in this same old world with man, sinful man, fallen man, depraved man, guilty man, man who had rebelled against his Maker and resisted daily the strivings of God's Spirit and followed his own pernicious ways. Such a holy God, leaving such a holy environment as heaven was, having dwelt with such holy creatures as the angels, and of course, having abided in the immediate presence of His Father to leave those realms of glory and to dwell among fallen man. What condescension! What humiliation! You know, we're nothing more than worms of the earth. It's one of the, the terms that the psalmist used to describe himself. I'm just a worm, a worm of the earth. And yet Jesus came to dwell, you may say, among worms. And what can we say about the generation of vipers that he walked among often? For that's what Jesus called those religious hypocrites of his day. When we look at the upper world and we compare it to this lower world, there is no comparison whatsoever. Jesus dwelt among the Jews who derided him, scorned him, and mocked him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Jesus dwelt among the Gentiles, and they too mocked and harassed him. Think of what Pilate did to him. Think of what the soldiers did to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was in the world, the Bible says, but the world knew him not. And how sad that is. He was God. He was the eternal Word. He was the creator of the heavens and the earth. He was the light of men. He was the one who was full of grace and truth, the only Savior of men. And they saw him. They heard him. They witnessed his miracles. They observed his kindness. They watched his care and compassion and forgiveness, but he was not known. He was not known by them, and he's still not known by the majority of this world. The greater proportion of the world's population still reject him, and they reject his word and reject his salvation. 
What about you tonight? You live in this land. It's a blessed land with the gospel. You've heard about the coming of Christ into the world. We celebrate, as we do, the incarnation of Christ. You've listened to many sermons. You have been brought so near to the Lord Jesus Christ through the ministry of the Word. And maybe, just maybe, you've been almost persuaded to be a Christian. I could be talking to people here tonight, and as you've had all these privileges, and you've listened to the gospel, you've heard about Jesus coming into the world, your heart has been touched, your soul has been melted, and you have seriously contemplated in your mind these things. And you've almost got there, almost taken that decision to become a child of God and to get right with the Lord, but still you resist and you refuse and reject. What an awful eternity it will be for the Christ rejecter. And so I say to you tonight, do not turn away from him again. Do not shun the gospel again. Do not ignore the entreaties of God's Word. Do not neglect so great salvation. Do not slight his grace and spurn his call, but come to him, receive him, call upon him. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us to be the Redeemer, to be your Savior, to rescue you from sin and deliver you from hell. What a mighty thing Jesus did when he came into this world and what are you doing about it? What are you doing with it? With what Jesus has done? I say to you at the close of this service tonight, seek the Lord. As you walk out, you'll be confronted as you are every Sunday you worship here. It is time to seek the Lord. My friend, as we come to this Christmas time and we think of Jesus coming into the world to be the Savior of man, I say, seek him now. Seek the Lord while he may be found call upon him while he is near. He's just a step away, and you take that step. It'll bring you into Christ, and you'll be saved for time and for eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us for the purpose of being the Savior of man, going to the cross, laying down his life, taking our sin into that very body or upon that body as the sacrifice for sin, taking all the punishment that we deserved, all the judgment and the wrath of God against sin that we deserved so that we might be saved and forgiven and pardoned and go to heaven. Oh, Lord, speak, we pray, through your word, through all that we've heard tonight as we have been led to Christ. May there be a running after him and a seeking of him in this very meeting tonight. Young and old, may they call upon the name of the Lord that they might be saved for Jesus' sake. Amen. <clears throat> and it is the story of Jesus that we're going to sing about as we close tonight. Hymn 91, tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Not a sweeter story than the story of Jesus and how he came into this world to save us from our sins. If you're concerned about your soul, any of you, children that have come, lovely to see you, you're not saved, or moms and dads, whoever you are, 
in this service tonight and you're troubled about your soul and getting right with God, come and speak to us after the meeting. We're here and we'll take all the time it needs to explain to you, if necessary, the way of salvation. But don't go away without Christ. I'm going to sing the first and the final verses of the hymn. This first verse tells us about the angels when Jesus came into the world, how they, they sang and how they praised God. And then the last verse brings us to the cross and we will sing Tell of the Cross. Let's think of the words. <clears throat> Let's stand to sing. Heavenly Father, it's a privilege to tell the story of Jesus, to tell how he came into this world, to seek and to save that which was lost, to tell of the cross where they nailed him, where he suffered and bled and died for our sin. And Lord, we know that through the telling of the story of Jesus, souls are touched and melted and drawn to him. May it happen in this meeting tonight. Don't let anyone leave without the Savior. May they call upon his great name that they might be saved. Accept our thanks for the good things that have been provided. Bless them to our bodies and give us all traveling mercies home tonight for Jesus' sake. Amen and amen.